Welcome to Spotlight, a PEI Group podcast that delves into the very latest in private markets investing. I'm Adam Lay, Senior Editor in London, and today we're bringing you the third installment of our mini-series, Private Markets and the End of Cheap Money. Okay, so we have spent the last few episodes looking at how rising interest rates are affecting private equity deals and the M&A market. We've also discussed how some institutional investors are considering allocating more to fixed income than private equity since returns from the former are now higher, given how interest rates have shot up. Today, I'd like to introduce you to my colleague, Andy Thompson. Andy is senior editor of PEI Group publication Private Debt Investor and has spent the last few months speaking to private credit industry participants. Naturally, it would seem that the private credit industry, in other words, private debt funds, would benefit from a rising interest rate environment. Is this the case? Let's listen to what Andy dug up. Rising rates, inflation through the roof, devastating war in Europe, supply chain woes. We've heard it all by now, and it doesn't make for pleasant reading. In the financial world, public markets have found themselves in the eye of the storm, but it seems unlikely they'll be alone for much longer. As other episodes in the series make clear, private markets are braced for the stormy weather as well, but that may not necessarily be the case in every corner of the industry. The volume of deal flow we're seeing is extraordinary. With any game in town, even in a lower M&A volume market, we're seeing everything. That's Anthony Fobel, Chief Executive Officer of Arcmont Asset Management, a private credit manager. He was speaking through a voice app, so the recording is a little spotty. We have never seen a better environment for investing, with one big caveat, which is obviously the macro picture. More on the challenges of the macro picture later, but what Fobel is seeing is an environment in which larger private debt firms have identified a whole new opportunity set. In past dislocations, private debt managers have been able to gain market share at the expense of the banks, as they have limited their lending activities. But for the first time, this same dynamic is applicable to the sluggish public markets. With the leveraged loan and high yield markets having slowed to a trickle, private debt has moved into the gap here as well. You're in a situation now where, effectively, if you are looking to get sizable deals done, private debt is the only game in town. Others too believe that the relevance of private debt has grown in a world where financing is still required, in some cases more than ever, but sources of supply are diminishing. Dominic Spanier, a managing director and head of debt advisory in Germany at investment bank Lincoln International, expresses it thusly. I think in the current environment with the interest rates rising, suddenly we see that fixed income becomes more and more attractive also for private debt funds. So the leveraged finance world is not the only place to go now. You have much more alternatives than you had, for instance, six months ago. Last year was widely considered a deal boom in the private debt industry, on the back of a private equity market that bounced back strongly from the ravages of the COVID pandemic. Given that around 80% of private debt financings are in support of PE sponsors, it's no surprise that a period of plenty for private equity was also a period of plenty for private debt. Some surveys, such as Deloitte's alternative lender deal tracker, show emerging signs of a slowdown in the deals market. This is also backed up by PEI's own reporting and data gathering. But it's not yet become anything of dramatic proportions. Indeed, Adam Wheeler, co-head of global private finance at Bearings, 
insists that as far as his firm is concerned, the pace of deals continues at a rapid clip. We've been certainly extremely active in Europe in Q2 and that has continued into Q3. A few reasons. One, the high yield market has been sharp. As a consequence of that, a number of transactions that would have been done in the broadly syndicated markets in Europe have been done by direct lenders. That's resulted in just more transactions, more volume deployed. Private debt does have cause to view current market conditions as promising. However, it would be naive to think that the asset class is immune to today's various pressures and unsurprising to learn that portfolio companies are coming under close scrutiny. It may be a good vintage for new investments, but new investments are not the be-all and end-all. If borrowers come under too much pressure and eventually crack, then investments made over the last few years run the risk of underperformance. Wheeler of Bearings admits that there have been stresses and strains, but says his firm's portfolio has so far been finding ways to cope with them. We have seen impacts on inflation through sort of wage pressures. We have seen some supply chain issues in Europe, not just with Ukraine, but I think, you know, pre-Ukraine, you started to see that probably in Q4 last year. But what we have seen are portfolio companies being able to pass on price increases Mm -hmm. where they need to. That's because demand has remained strong. But Wheeler also admits that the worst may be yet to come. Higher interest rates have eventually got to have an impact on demand and then I think you'll start to see things soften. There's a lot of geopolitical risk floating around as well, which also increases uncertainty. Those two key drivers, I think, have got to have an impact at some point. Fobel, despite his bullishness on the opportunity set for new deals, also has a cautious attitude when it comes to existing portfolios. He expects problems to surface over time. But I think you are going to see more problems in people's portfolio. Inevitably, some of these high energy costs, supply chain issues and labour shortages are going to start feeding through into the numbers. And then it'll be a question of, you know, who did good robust deals and who've got good teams to sort out problems. But I think going into 2023, there are going to be a lot more problems in people's portfolio. Millwood Hobbs Jr., Managing Director and Head of North American Sourcing and Origination at Oak Tree, thinks some companies in the mid-market in particular may find themselves in a vulnerable position, given the level of competition there's been to do deals and the basis upon which those deals were struck as a result. The middle market has experienced a robust, what I call, revision of documentation, and a lot of the large sponsor terms have showed up in middle market deals because it's been a hyper-competitive market for private credit. And so the challenge on the middle market side is those businesses are smaller and they tend to be more susceptible to supply, interest rate, and those type of concerns. And so you just need to be careful on the middle market side that you don't overextend leverage on those businesses because they're more sensitive to changes in the market environments, more so than the larger companies that are being financed in the public markets. We asked Michelle Handy, Managing Director and Head of Portfolio and Underwriting on First Eagle Alternative Credit's direct lending platform about these mid-market pressures. She thinks that only a prolonged series of rate rises would impact the market in a major way, although the degree of impact is, of course, going to vary from firm to firm. I think it depends on your portfolio. I think further increase in interest rate and prolonged elevated interest rates are really sort of what it would take to impact you know, the direct lending metal market space. I think it depends on everybody's individual portfolios and the industries they invest in and the type of transactions they put on the books as to how quickly or how materially it would impact them. But again, it sort of just depends on your portfolio. 
Since the global financial crisis, after which the direct lending industry came of age, private debt has enjoyed a mostly benign economic environment. Aside from challenging episodes that proved to be transitory in nature, such as the COVID pandemic, a rising tide has floated all boats, and that has made it difficult to differentiate managers based on performance. Now, perhaps, the way in which managers have constructed their portfolios really will be a decisive factor. Here's Randy Schwimmer, Senior Managing Director and Co-Head of Senior Lending at Churchill Asset Management. As we think about the sectors that we've been focusing on, and certainly with specifically down to the borrower level, we have always wanted to have an all-weather portfolio that would perform no matter what the cycle was. We've never had a crystal ball. None of us are economists, so we don't know when the next recession is going to hit or how it will hit. And so what we do is we just build the house so that when the hurricane does come, you know, everything is intact. Jason Strife, who works with Schwimmer and is head of Churchill's junior capital and private equity solutions business, says some portfolios are going to go through tougher times than others. As we move into the next couple of years here, a portfolio exposed to the wrong sectors or to the wrong sponsorship model could really be a, a challenging situation, mm-hmm. particularly mm-hmm. thinking about a subscale borrowers or non-sponsored situations or the wrong sponsor. Mm-hmm. Those could be the pockets of too much exposure to the wrong consumer segment um, as we think about personal balance sheets and what's happening to capitalization and liquidity at the consumer level. So there's all pockets here and there that if we're in a soft to medium kind of landing here next year, that's where you'll see bigger cracks than in the mainstream private equity market. Of course, the extent to which problems emerge from portfolios depends at least partly on how far lenders and sponsors are prepared to go to assist companies in trouble. This comes back to the point Strife was making just now about the wrong sponsor, i.e. the kind of sponsor that won't come to the rescue of companies in trouble. Spanier does not believe that lenders in general will simply abandon those that are going through tough times. Generally, debt funds are very supportive. If something happens, they tend to support sponsors. They try to find a solution rather than selling their exposure to this debt fund or something like that. He goes on to make the point that there's an implicit quid pro quo in such situations. If a lender is prepared to go the extra mile, they'll expect sponsors to do so as well. On the other hand, funds will also demand from sponsors support in distress cases or cases which come under pressure. So they will expect from them some investment, either in form of equity or other investment, but they generally supportive to find a solution together. The point is often made by those in the market that loans issued by private debt firms are mostly of a floating rate nature, and thus lenders are rewarded rather than penalised in a rising rate environment. This may be true, but managers will also freely acknowledge that rising rates bring pressure to bear on borrowers, and that's a real source of anxiety. Here's Jason Strife again. I think we're all collectively concerned about the prospect of you know rates remaining stubbornly high for an elongated period of time. We don't know what that means for the broader portfolio. So far, it's been digestible. You would think at some point there is, you know, an inflection point for many portfolio companies in terms of their ability to continue to hold margin, raise price, etc. Weeder agrees that rates could cause problems, 
but makes the point that lenders have things in their own hands in terms of making sure portfolios are resilient. You've got to think that interest rates will start to impact on demand. Expect to see that in sort of more consumer, retail-orientated businesses, but it's got to flow through the broader economy eventually. I mean, we're a debt investor, not an equity investor. You know, we think about investing through a cycle, not trying to time our entry and exit because we have no control over that. So we're trying to lend to companies that we think are fairly resilient, defensive in nature and build fairly conservative capital structures that provide us with a significant cushion through a downturn. So how rocky might things get? Wheeler offers his concluding thoughts. This is going to be as uncomfortable as you know the financial crisis. I doubt it, but I don't know. We always invest with and the mindset that we'll be investing through a downturn. That's all for today. In our next episode, we'll look at how interest rates rising at different paces in various parts of the world are affecting GP and LP behaviour region by region. As always, you can subscribe to all the PEI Spotlight episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and of course on our various PEI group websites, including privatedebtinvestor.com. And if you can, please leave us a rating and review. I'm Adam Lay. Thanks for listening.